Hello family, I want to welcome you to a new series called The Body of Christ, uh, where we're going to look at the uh, mystery of the body of Christ and uh, who we have become in this body and how to uh, basically have fellowship with one another. Uh, but before that, I want to say that um, it's been great so far. We've gone through three series. We have looked at God's master plan, spirit world realities, and also unending grace. And each of them have helped us to uh, build up our own understanding into uh, basically what we are about to uh, be receiving through this fourth series. And uh, the reason I'm saying that all that was necessary is because uh, we began by going actually through some of the Old Testament scriptures. Uh, not New Testament. We started by looking at Genesis, uh, the stories in uh, the story of Adam and Eve, later uh, Noah and Abraham and Isaac and the story of Israel, their story in Egypt and then wilderness and also in the promised land, Babylon. And we said all of these things speak of, uh, ba they basically foreshadowed the story of the Christ. Now that Christ is not only one man called Jesus, that Christ is known one new man that has a head and a body. And that starts our story in this new series called The Body of Christ. Because there is something in the scriptures hidden in the Old Testament that the New Testament begins to reveal. That story that is in the Old Testament always speaks of a man of a new order that would come and he would start a new generation of mankind. Now, that man was to be anointed by God. He wasn't to be in flesh. He wasn't to be carnal. He was to be anointed by the Spirit of God. He was to be a spiritual man anointed by the Spirit of God. The word anointed in English is the true translation of the word Christ. Okay, so the anointed of God that was to come was the Christ. But then, as I said, this Christ, according to the scriptures, which we are going to be uh, looking at in details in this series, has a head and a body. And the body is also not one member, but many members. Now, that means if the Christ was hidden in the story of uh, stories of the Old Testament, the body of Christ must also be hidden in the scriptures in the Old Testament. Okay, that's the first point that we should uh, note, which is the body of Christ is a theme in the scriptures of the Old Testament. That means when you read Genesis, for example, you should be able to see the body of Christ, which is, by the way, very obvious. One of them, which is basically something that covers every one of other things, is what we read in Genesis chapter 2. Uh, I'm not going to actually open uh, the Bible and show you this, but you can see this. Uh, Genesis chapter 2, I think verse 6, 7, 8, speaks of this, that when God creates Adam and out of Adam he brings out Eve, uh, there is a statement made there that says, therefore, for this reason, a man shall leave his mother, uh, father and mother and join his wife and the two shall become one flesh. Somebody like Paul 
who knows the Old Testament scriptures, who has received the Spirit of God, begins to read that and receive a revelation and then writes to us in his epistle to Ephesians in chapter 5 and says, this is a mystery, but it's concerning Christ and the church. So the man and the woman that God speaks of is Christ and the church. So where was this first mentioned? In Genesis chapter 2. So Genesis chapter 2, although many read and they say this is, <clears throat> of course, the story of Adam and Eve, the creation. And uh, then we move on because we just want to come to the New Testament and realize, okay, now Jesus came and done. And nobody anymore goes to read those scriptures in the Old Testament. Paul says, wait a minute, we just have a new set of eyes that we can read the entirety of this book and begin to see the riches of God's knowledge concerning us in the very pages of the Old Testament. Okay, so that means now, whatever was hidden that we know is literally the definition of a mystery, something that is veiled, covered, hidden, it's not in the surface, you can't see. Now you need to see it. How do you do this? By revelation. What does that mean? God will show you something that was not shown to you before. God will make what you had not seen to be seen. What you could not understand to understand. Now this is another theme in the Old Testament. Uh, that carries on all the way to the New Testament, which is God constantly says that um, their man uh, basically, although has eyes, does not see, although has ears, does not hear, although ha has a heart, but doesn't allow things to enter into it. And now it says, Paul says to us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, this was about the things that God has been, has given us freely. Okay, but he says now our story is different. We are now uh, allowing the Spirit of God to take what was hidden and not seen by any eyes, not heard by any ears and not entered into the heart of any, anyone. God is revealing to us this by his Spirit. So that means now for you and me, um, knowing that you and I are the body of a mystery called the mystery of Christ. We need the Spirit of God to reveal to us that mystery. And in the revelation of that mystery, Christ and the body of Christ is revealed. And the union between the two is experienced. Okay, so this is very important because uh, now I'm going to take you to uh, basically the beginning of our life in Christ. Uh, I think it was, we were about a month and a half, two months. I remember reading the scriptures and also hearing sermons and everybody would talk about Jesus Christ. And um, I asked one of our friends, one of our Christian friends, um, what is Christ? And she said, let me just open the dictionary. So she opened the dictionary and showed me what Christ is. And still I was confused. Okay, why Jesus and why Christ? Is Christ Jesus' family name? Uh, is this uh, a title? What is it? Uh, so I didn't have any answer. I think it was about maybe uh, about a year later that uh, I was watching a uh, sermon. Somebody was talking something about uh, Christ. And then he got so excited that he said, 
you know, I'm so thankful to God for what he has uh, taught me through Jesus and what he has shown me about Jesus and the relationship that uh, I have with Jesus. But the day that he showed me the mystery of Christ, my, my life was changed. And I was like, whoa, wh what do you mean? So you already knew Jesus, but now you're talking about Christ. So is there any difference between the two? So obviously the man couldn't answer me because he was watching on YouTube. So the only thing that I could do was to search out the scripture. So that was basically a time that we began to give ourselves, commit ourselves to uh, study the scriptures to understand what this means. Because uh, honestly, we had an experience in the beginning of our Christian life that um, because we were spending so many hours studying the Bible, when we would go to church uh, right from the first basically day, uh, we were able to uh, discern whether the things that we were hearing was true or not, uh, whether they were life-giving or not, whether they were coming from the Spirit of God or from basically the letter of the Word. And um, after a few months, I realized that I'm not uh, receiving anything from the teaching. So uh, I was more eager to study it for myself. So Rose and I began to actually uh, get into the New Testament scriptures and uh, just see what is this Christ. So study Christ in every uh, book of the New Testament and the result was amazing. What we began to see uh, was super amazing and that's what we want to share with you in this series. So first of all, in order to uh, not confuse anyone, let me say that no, Jesus uh, is the Christ. So this is not a different story, but um, the Christ is uh, basically uh, speaking of a mystery that Jesus fulfilled and you and I also can become partakers of that, that mystery. So that's the shortest way that I can say that. But then we're going to look at the story of the Christ and uh, basically what this is, what it means. Um, and um, based on many scriptures from the, both the old and the new, uh, so we can um, basically um, have in every week, uh, another step toward uh, the enlightening of our heart into this mystery. Okay, so um, let's now look at a couple of uh, scriptures in the New Testament and see this uh, mystery of Christ. Let's go to the book of uh, Colossians chapter 4. Verse 2. Uh, it says, continue earnestly uh, in prayer, being vigilant in, in it with thanksgiving. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ of which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Let's uh, pause here and ponder on what we just heard. Paul says, pray for me that uh, I would, that there would be an, an open door for uh, basically the word that we may speak the mystery of Christ. So 
uh, although many would take this and say, okay, so that means go and preach to people that you must believe in Jesus. Paul is speaking of the mystery of Christ and not Jesus. Okay, now again, please understand me. I'm not, uh, I'm not saying it's a different thing, but what I'm trying to say is what we had seen in the past was a portion of this greater mystery. Paul didn't start with people uh, in, you know, in, in, in the way that uh, in recent years we have heard the gospel. Paul was immediately speaking of the mystery of Christ with people. And that mystery of Christ, anytime you hear the word mystery of Christ, think about union. So he wasn't going to be talking to them only about, you know, you, you've been a sinner and God cannot close his eyes to your sin. So there was supposed to be a payment and Jesus paid that penalty so God wouldn't be angry at you. And now you can go to heaven. No, that wasn't his message. That was not Paul's message. Paul's message was this. Hey guys, there is a Christ and God had said through Christ, he would bless all these people. Let me tell you, first of all, Jesus is that Christ. This person was crucified, was buried and was raised. And now he is the right hand of God, having full authority and full dominion and full power in the entire universe. Now, God has also said that he's making a body for this man so you can be uh, cut off or the head that was on you and you had become the body of that head, that head can be cut off and you can be joined to another head, which is the Christ. So you can become partaker of Christ. Now, how does this going to happen? Let me tell you about the crucifixion. Let me ma make him manifest before your eyes, just as he see it after that, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Let me just clearly portray Christ as crucified. When you see that, you'll see the love of this Christ toward you. And because of that, you begin to realize, oh my goodness, who would do this to a group of people, a body of people, only their own head. Which is, let me say this, Ephesians chapter 5. Uh, right before Paul saying that, you know, that story about Adam and Eve, by the way, it wasn't about Adam and Eve, it was about Christ and the church, that the two would become one flesh. Right before that, he says, um, husbands love your wives just as Christ loves the church um, and he loves the body. So, and he says, no one has ever hated his own body, but loves it, nourishes, cherishes it. Okay, so now the love of God on the cross was manifested through the Christ of God, the anointed of God. For who? The body that he was washing. Okay, so um, this could become controversial, but I know I'm speaking to a group of people that have the heart of God and they can understand this. Before, man would say yes to the plan of God. God was considering them in the mystery of Christ as the body of Christ. Okay, let me say this. There is, you, you don't become, okay, I need to be slow and uh, basically speak of this in a way that it's understandable. When we say 
the revelation of a mystery or when we say there there is a mystery of Christ and now you're receiving the revelation of the mystery we're not talking about something that is new you're talking about something that being ancient from the beginning has been there but just hidden to the eyes so now God through the Spirit of God is revealing that to us you can't reveal something if it does not exist you know if something doesn't exist you need to create it but if something is revealed that means it already is in existence it's just not revealed so it says Paul uh, in Colossians chapter 1 since we are in Colossians chapter 4 let's go back to Colossians chapter 1 speaking of this mystery in verse 26 he, he says the mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations so two things he says all the time and all generations of mankind so any age in time and any generation in that time nobody had seen this in the past it was a mystery to them what is that speaking to us that this was true about them but there was a <clears throat> it has it remained a mystery while why because there was something that was covering it and later he calls that the veil okay so the uh, nothing is changed in the sense of who we are but the veil being removed allows us to see us as we are now this is what why this becomes important because um, at, at some point somebody might uh, think or ask or wonder then okay so does that mean that uh, we don't need to do anything and we don't need to say anything to anyone no if somebody's in a place that their eyes are veiled they're suffering from that that means they don't know, they, they can't see who they are. They don't see themselves part of the body of Christ. They don't receive the love of Christ. And what's the point of allowing somebody that is in suffering, in pain, uh, in, you know, uh, hopelessness, uh, they are in, in bondage of sin, in bondage of flesh, being slave and not having their own uh, will not having their own desire they live in that state what's the point of leaving them in that state the story is God came through Jesus Christ to remove that veil so what man had not seen now he can see and when you see you take it you become partaker of that one so therefore for those who have been enlightened then that's their that becomes the, the fruit of who they are to become uh, light for others which means to allow them that live in darkness to have to see the light and to come out of that also so what I'm trying to say is <clears throat> um, as long as God is concerned he never lost sight of who we are being a body of Christ was always uh, basically what God had seen and that is what eventually will come to pass in its fullness now in in the meanwhile um, <laughs> I've heard people say that um, it's the meanwhile because it's mean um, 
in, in the wild. So yes, there is a pain involved uh, in this process. Uh, and it has been that way because God is not the one who uh, would make you believe. God is the one who helps you to believe. Uh, God would never come and command you to believe. God would come and remove the veil so you can believe to the point that you open your ears to him to you allow or anybody allows him to speak uh, to him through the spirit. Then you would have that revelation also. So that is um, therefore if you continue verse 26 says, uh, the mystery which has been hidden from ages, hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed uh, to his saints. So God is now making this uh, manifested or revealed to his saints. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery. So the moment you hear the word riches of something, that means more of the same. That means an abundance of the same. So that means don't think that because you just heard something, now you know it all and there is no need for any more revelation. No, he says there is riches. Riches, uh, anybody can have money, okay? But there is a level of wealth. Somebody is, um, you know, um, I don't know, a millionaire, somebody is a billionaire. So there is a difference between the two. Likewise, when we are talking about that hidden thing, that mystery of Christ, he says there is a riches of that. Basically, God is trying to say <clears throat> the true riches of God is the mystery of Christ. Now, he uses that term because anything that is valuable is always hidden. You don't find gold on the surface. You don't find silver. They are in the stones. They are hidden somewhere. You have to extract them. Likewise, it says the, the treasures of God is Christ. Uh, who you are, basically your, your hidden identity is the Christ. So now you begin to uh, have a bit of revelation. But it says move on uh, every day toward more of this wealth more of these riches so you can become rich in this mystery okay that term is being so misused in the scriptures because people read that and always relate that to money no it has nothing to do with money um the word poor and rich they are concerning those who have a need the poor is the one who actually sees a need toward uh, gaining more of the mystery of Christ and the rich is the one that is enjoying uh, that mystery okay and Jesus spoke about those who are poor in the, in the spirit not poor in flesh not those who have no money uh, that's not what he's talking about or when he says the gospel is being preached to the poor or he was sent anointed by the spirit to preach the gospel to the poor he wasn't talking about you know the ones that are in the street what about the others what about the rich people god doesn't have any love for them obviously he does so it's not about that this is about uh, that poorness and richness in the spirit toward this mystery that has been hidden from our eyes so now anyways he says to the mystery that has been hidden from ages and from generations but now has been revealed to his saints to them god willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the gentiles 
which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, see, this already says among the Gentiles, the word Gentiles means nations and means those who didn't, were not part of the nation of God in the Old Testament. Um, so there was a nation and then there was nations. Uh, somehow in English that's being translated as um, Gentiles, but the word is ethnos in the Greek and literally means nations. Okay, uh, um, I think it's the same word that is used for nation also. It's just the plural um, basically of the same thing. So there was one time a nation, but there were nations. But then God comes to the nations because the nation of God rejected the Christ and the nations became the nation, which is now you and me. So it says you who once even later in, sorry, in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, once you were not even part of this story, you didn't have the commonwealth of Israel, you were not part of the promises, you were not partakers of anything, but God came and now he has made this manifest to you, revealed to you, to the people that didn't know were not, but he says to them revealed Christ in you. That's amazing, isn't it? Christ doesn't come to live in you. Christ is being revealed in you. That's the mystery. So it's not a basically literally coming in you. It's a revealing inside. Um, and that once we put away that duality of, you know, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Old Covenant, New Covenant, and Israel and the church, but once we put all of that and our focus becomes God's master plan, God's original plan in whom there was no Greek, no Gentile, it was no male or female or nothing, He, it was him and creating man in his image, that's it. Once that becomes your perspective and that becomes the eye, becomes the eye through which you see, then you begin to understand more and more and more and you realize that okay so we are not toward gaining something from god you are we are toward having a revelation from god and then when god reveals that to me then he shows me that he is in me through the spirit and then in fellowship with the spirit of god within me i begin to also in my body have the life that he in the spirit is pouring to me okay so what happens eventually the body becomes one which is me but those who live inside is God and me both in one body Christ and me both in the same body I hope this is clear but anyways so this is um and this was an introduction to the mystery of christ i wanted you to see that uh, when we talk about the body of christ it's a mystery and this mystery was a hidden thing and that hidden thing is now being revealed but there is a riches in this so the more you actually begin to see this the more you will be partaking of this that means you will experientially uh, live the mystery of christ so i pray that you will have an amazing discussion in your group uh, and uh, perhaps uh, go through uh, some of these points and see even from the perspective of 
some of the other verses in Colossians and Ephesians, this mystery. So as we move on in the next teachings, uh, you will be prepared and you will have you have already cultivated your heart and mind for something greater. Okay, bless you and we'll see you in the next teaching.